We are excited to welcome you to another episode of Live to Give More. We will discuss ways to have impact in our communities and around the world. We will introduce our audience to inspiring ideas and people who are making significant changes. Together, we will navigate how we can all better serve others and spread kindness. We decided to create this podcast in order to do our part and give our listeners ways to take action and be the change. My name is Anna G. Ehrlich, and I'm a wife, mom, marketing and events professional business owner who serves the nonprofit world in many capacities. My name is Elise Sheck Bonwit, and I'm a wife, mom, attorney, author, and business owner who has been fortunate to serve in leadership roles and volunteer opportunities through several nonprofit organizations. My motto is give more than you take. We are friends who have had a variety of experiences, skills, and opinions that will make you think, cry, and smile but most importantly, expose you to special ways to give back. We will inform you about what is going on in the world and what you need to know about how to make a difference. So let's get started. Founded in 2013, the Miami Diaper Bank is the first established diaper bank in Miami, Florida. The Miami Diaper Bank's mission is to collect and distribute diapers and other diaper-related products to low-income families and their children while also raising awareness about the need for diaper donations in the South Florida region. With no government assistance programs providing help for low-income families, Miami Diaper Bank has become a safety net that ensures that their babies are clean, dry, and healthy. MDP, which we will call it for now on, has a record number of diapers, which is amazing, which topped so far more than 6 million since 2022, MDP operates out of a warehouse where they can receive and store diapers. They host corporate events and other functions there where companies have brought out employees as a team building event to complete community service hours. The Children's Trust recently approved a grant for Miami Diaper Bank, which is intended as a mobile unit to deploy diapers to locations which they can't reach currently or from which folks with no transportation are impaired from reaching their donation centers. They serve over 40 partners, which receive diapers on a regular basis. They donate diapers to daycare centers and low-income neighborhoods because moms have to provide diapers. If they don't have the diapers, they can't leave their babies, so resulting in their inability to go to work, which perpetuates a cycle of poverty for a family. They donate diapers directly to a dozen daycare centers so that no mom and no baby is ever turned away because of a lack of available diapers. We are excited to interview our guest today, Roberto Schachter, born in La Paz, Bolivia, moved to Bogotá, Colombia at the age of five. He came to the U.S. as a foreign student at Brown University. Since 1996, he has been an entrepreneur developing an international insurance brokerage, opening companies in the USA, Mexico, Costa Rica, Panama, Colombia, Venezuela, Brazil, Jamaica, and Trinidad and Tobago, and other markets. In 2012, in preparation for his son Jonas Bar Mitzvah, Roberto sat down with a rabbi who explained the importance of community service. He and his son had heard an NPR story about a diaper bank in Washington, D.C., which described, news to us, how low-income families do not have enough diapers for their own babies and resulting consequences for these children. The story touched his son, and he decided to collect the diapers for his community service. Roberto helped with this project and began collecting diapers. They searched for a diaper bank in Miami, 
which to their surprise did not exist. The closest diaper bank back then was in Tampa, Florida. He chose to research what it takes to start a nonprofit and if possible to set it up. This is what he did that year with some assistance from family and friends. The 501c3 was approved in 2014 when his son left for college at Columbia University in 2017, Roberto became the chair of the Miami Diaper Bank. Welcome, Roberto. This so is welcome. Incredible. This is I love hearing these stories, right? This inspiration and how it started from the beginning and where you are now. So it's really inspirational. So thank you for being with us to talk about Miami Diaper Bank and how thank we can you. be aware of what you, you're doing and we want to take action and help how, you. How so, we can help. So you told us, I want to hear from your words. We talked a little bit about what inspired you to start the Miami Diaper Bank, but I wanted to know what you have to add to that and what, what inspires you to keep going with this idea. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and congratulations on your podcast. This is an amazing endeavor, really, really impressive, very much an inspiration as well. So we, you know, what inspires me is helping the community and helping babies. It is also inspirational that this was started by, at the time, a 12 going on 13-year-old young boy, my son. Well, he's not that involved anymore. It is part of the story, and it is something that we're all proud of in our family. And we've decided that that needs to go on, even though he's no longer really doing any of this. We found that the need was so big. Well, I took it on, and we've kept going. We've kept growing the organization. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about the empowering of communities that you do through this process and how you're bringing people together to help. We have generated a number of tools to bring volunteers into the organization. We recently, this year, as a matter of fact, rented off our warehouse until recently the Miami Diaper Bank was operating out of my office. This year, we rented a warehouse in Hialeah. During those years, we got students at different schools to volunteer, to become ambassadors, to fulfill their community service hours by volunteering for the Miami Diaper Bank. We have adult volunteers that now with the warehouse can go to our location and do all sorts of things for us, including separating the diapers. We get pallets of diapers now in the warehouse. And so we are hosting corporate events. We're hosting corporations at our warehouse. We do rappy hour, which is kind of our version of the happy hour. And so we are really trying to endeavor to educate people on the importance of this situation. The food stamp program, which is also called WIC by some people, do not cover diapers. This was something that amazed me when I learned about it. Most people don't realize that Diapers are on the list of excluded items along with... I did not realize that until I read the information about that you had sent me. So, yeah, it's really... Right? I, I mean, believe feminine products and diapers yes, are not included that in that program. And that that's shocking because right? at the end, it's a life cycle. Yes. And I always say it's on the excluded list with firearms, tobacco, and alcohol. And it's like, why is that there? So... Yes, unfortunately, the people that are on food stamps can buy all sorts of things, not diapers. There's about 125,000 children that live under poverty, under the poverty line in the South Florida area. And that means that we have a very large population to serve. 
which we don't really reach entirely because we're still growing. We're still in the process of evolving to achieve those numbers. We try to address the community issues by serving about 40 or 50 local organizations that serve and qualify people in need. Mm -hmm. And so the way we do it is by working through these organizations. We help Chapman, we help Lotus, we work with an organization called His House, which hosts babies that have parents usually in jail or not able to take care of them. So those are the types of organizations which we deliver diapers to, as well as, like Elise mentioned at the beginning, the daycare centers that oftentimes require moms to have diapers. And if they don't have diapers, when they bring their babies, they can't leave the baby at daycare. They can't leave the baby at daycare. They can't go to work. It's a cycle of poverty. Yep. That we try to break up. Yeah. And through the, all these different organizations that you're sending the diapers to, do you have an idea about how many people you're touching? Yes. Yeah, so we're touching now between twenty-five to 30,000 children at the moment. So that is kind of where we are today. Per year? Yes, per year. Wow. Per year. This year we'll donate over a million diapers. We, of course, have much more to do. Like I mentioned, there's over 100,000 children that we'd like to reach. We're reaching only about a quarter to 20% of the population that needs our services. That's an incredible amount of people you've touched in such a short amount of time. So congratulations to you. Tell us a little bit about your team of leaders who's helping you with this mission. And what is your leadership style? Thank you. So... We have a board, and as a 501c3, we, we have a complete board. But there's two key people on, on our board, and one is an executive director who runs our organization. So Gabby Rojas, who's the person that runs the day-to-day operations, is a woman who had herself, as a single mom, a situation where she needed diapers. And she couldn't afford them at the time when her baby was little. Her son is now about seven. But at the time, she went through this need. And so this resonates with her tremendously. And she's a great leader for our organization. We also have a board member who also is a woman who went through the food stamp program. So, you know, we have a board that reflects our community. We have people that are on our board from all walks of life. These two individuals in particular really have a a clear sense of where and why this is needed. My leadership style is, you know, one where I communicate expectations clearly. I empower my staff. I empower Gabby to do the things she needs to do. How do you inspire her to do that? So I make the expectations very clear, but the main thing I ask her to do is to execute. I make it clear that her job is to execute. And as long as she makes decisions without fear, and as long as she tells me first if there's a problem. I need to be the first person to know if there's a problem because I can help her fix it. So it's execution, and I need to be the first one to know if there's a problem so I can help her fix it. And also defining a shared vision. It's very clear to me as a leader that you know we have to have a shared vision, and as long as everybody shares the vision, we know where we're going, and how we get there is not always so clear, but we find a way. Excellent. Excellent. Let me ask you a question, Roberto. What are the biggest challenges or obstacles you face as a community leader? Some of the challenges for us are sustainability, because, of course, we are constantly 
raising funds. The amount of people we need to reach is large. We are not there. Awareness, lack of you know people who know about diaper banks or what we do and how we need to do it is, is an issue. And just keeping up with the need because the more we do, the more people know about us and the more the, the need grows for us. Right. Do you pair up with different organizations who do drives and who collect items during times of need? We have done some things with the Jewish Federation for collecting food, typically. We've done some things with a number of synagogues during high holidays and other services, churches. So we do have a number of places that we collaborate with in terms of collection of diapers, but that is usually heavy lifting for us because transporting diapers is not as simple as it seems. We know we need lots of vehicles and, and the logistics of moving diapers is quite something. So for us, it's better if we get cash or credit card donations, all sorts of donations, because we buy diapers directly from manufacturers and then we can drop ship them either to our warehouse and then from there deploy, or we can also drop ship directly to certain locations. And That's great. That, yeah. So that is kind of a just in time delivery process that allows us to get it right deal with the delivery in a much faster easier process okay. that's amazing so there's a lot going on here and you're talking about these obstacles and these challenges like why do you keep going like what inspires you or who inspires you to keep this going there's a few people that inspire me to do this one is a man you might have met or heard of his name is david lawrence David Lawrence was the, for many years, the publisher of the Miami Herald. He's now involved with the Early Learning Coalition. Yeah. He's so much in his career dedicated to community service and to children. And to see how he does this work for the community is a huge inspiration. Also, the folks of the Miami Foundation, Rebecca and her team, who I know you've, you've met and you've interviewed. I mean, they're doing great things. They're a great supporter of the Miami Diaper Bank. And I also have to say to you, my wife is, is a great inspiration. She's a pediatrician. She's also worked tremendously on behalf of children in our community. And to see how this uh, inspires people is what keeps me going. Incredible. So let's talk about what's next. Any projects, goals? How do you keep this moving forward and growing and getting better? Yeah, so we just obtained a grant from the Children's Trust to purchase a mobile unit. We just bought the van literally last week. We're now in the process. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. You could do yeah. a lot more, a lot more good things with that. Yeah, so we can reach sort of deserts, what we call deserts, where we can't reach people. There's people that can't come to us or can't go to the centers we distribute from because of transportation issues. So we'll be able to use the van to take diapers to them. We're in the process now of identifying sponsors for our van. So one of the things that we need are sponsors that might want to wrap our van with some of their logos or brands. And so this is one thing that we're at the moment, seeking as a way to raise some funds and, you know, they'll be able to show that they're supporting us. We keep working toward having more corporate interaction with our warehouse because that is the way that we will educate more people and inspire more people to help us moving forward. 
Amazing. Absolutely. What is like, what's a motto or a quote that gets you through the day? I think it goes to the simplest things, and that is treat people like you want to be treated. I do that in business. I do that with the foundation, and I treat everybody around me in a simple way. That is what I think is, is really the basic of life. Yeah, that's how I, I approach things. Treat everybody like you want to be treated. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, well, let me ask you a question. What advice would you give to your, to your 21-year-old self? we go back in time a little bit. Well, that's an interesting question. I, I don't think I've been asked that before, but I just turned 55. And in reflecting, I would say, choose your partner well. My suggestion is to myself, you know, who you marry is a key part of the rest of your life. And you don't, I don't think you realize that when you're 21. I always say that it's the most important decision you make in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And who your partner is becomes the most important decision. So I chose well. I'm very lucky. I've been married almost 30 years. But I would say to myself, make sure you choose the right partner because that's a key decision. Any interesting hobbies that we want to know about? Look, I exercise. I like to exercise. I do a amount of spinning and other workouts. I swim. And I read. I think people have lost the love of reading, and I read books all the time, and I'm always trying to find inspiration from different books and different things that people have written. And it's constantly trying to read more and and listen to things that I teach me how to become a better person, a better leader, a better business person. And so that those are kind of my, my hobbies. And in a, in a simple way also, I, I love taking care of my wife. She's a professional and I... I hope she's listening to this. No, she's not. Maybe she will when, when you... She will. I think she it's will wonderful the way you speak about her. That, that's a, it's a beautiful... I'm a big fan of hers. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. All right, Roberto, tell us a little bit about volunteer opportunities so we can rally our people who are going to be listening to us. Some volunteer opportunities and possible action steps that we can all take to move your cause forward. So from a volunteer perspective, children in high school typically need to fulfill community service hours. So we have a booklet and we have a whole process for kids in high school that want to volunteer. They can collect diapers at school. This educates people about the need. And we can can pick up those diapers and we can go with them to one of the locations where we deliver diapers so they can see how their effort is helping people instantly based on that. We have coloring books for younger children, so we drop these off at preschool, at synagogues, at churches, so that families, in the process of doing the coloring book, they can also learn about how certain kids that are not as lucky need diapers. And of course, the volunteering opportunities in and around our warehouse, as well as the pop-up distributions. We do about, we've done about 50 pop-up distributions since COVID started. Yeah, what this is, is we basically have 600 to 800 cars that come through a parking lot and we put diapers in people's trunks. And so that's a volunteering opportunity where we need somewhere between 20 and 30 volunteers to help us organize and do the actual pop-up distribution when we do those. As well as the warehouse, which I mentioned before, it's a great opportunity for a corporation to bring 20 to 25 people, have a cocktail hour learn about what we do, as well as 
help us unwrap and wrap the pallets that we get from the different purchases that we do for these diapers. So those are direct volunteering opportunities. These are great opportunities. And I hope people who listen to us and look your, your website up will be able to participate. So we started this podcast to encourage all of our listeners to join us in giving more. We wanted to live to give more. That's the name of this podcast. So here are several action steps that Roberto has talked about, raising money, donating funds, donating your time and volunteering, recruiting friends to come with you, other volunteers, become an advocate to support any of the programs offered by the Miami Diaper Bank. So there are a variety of volunteer opportunities, which you already mentioned on its website. And many of these can be done through this website that Elise just mentioned, which is www.miamidiaperbank.com. So pick at least one thing to do this week and tell us about it on our Instagram account. Follow us at live to give more the number two. Roberto, thank you so much. This has been truly enlightening, educational, and inspirational because you took your son's project and now there are children who are infinitely thankful to you for supporting them, literally, and in a way that is needed to be done and parents who could not get through the day without your help. So from one mom who has needed to buy diapers and has had raised kids, Elise also, we need diapers that our kids don't make it through their first and most important stage in life. So thank you for meeting a need in South Florida. And we really, truly hope to help you yeah. take this to another level. We hope this podcast reaches many people's eye alone. As you were speaking, I was writing several action steps that I'm going to take and we're going to speak offline as to how we can move this forward. And thank you because yeah, one mitzvah leads to another. We've learned a lot in just a few years. I mean, you've had impact on tens of thousands of people in South Florida. So from both of us, much appreciation. Keep doing the work and whatever we can do to help, just let us know. But thank you for being with us today. My pleasure. Thank you guys. And also awesome, awesome effort here with your podcast. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.